some reflections from my journey. Um, I've been in quite an intense um, kind of health recovery um, journey. And um, yeah, so he sent me the text and I'm kind of, you know, God has been, been speaking to me, you know, over the past three years especially about this at this moment of, of kind of sharing some of these points. And um, so Caleb texted me and said, you know, will, will you share? And I kind of responded quite quickly and I said, yes, I, you know, I will. And then, um, you know, and then after that, I, I kind of thought about it and I thought, no, actually, not actually sure <laughs> that I'm ready. Um, because I'm not, you know, I'm in a process of recovery and I'm actually not 100% Healed. You know, I can't stand up here today and say that, you know, everything's done and dusted and I'm, you know, I'm, 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 I'm 100% well. Um, so, you know, then the enemy comes and he kind of says, yeah, you know, maybe you're not ready because you're actually still a bit sick and, you know, you've got this promise from God that you're going to be well, but you're not actually there yet. So, do you think that you really are qualified to stand up and talk about healing? And then I kind of thought about it and I... You know, I, I, I wrestled with it and I had a lot of kind of spiritual opposition and stuff happening and, and actually in terms of my process physically actually had a bit of a relapse and really struggled and uh, I wrote a couple of um, texts to you Caleb to say actually sorry, um, not actually really, um, but I, I do want to speak but maybe now is not the right time and you know God really spoke to me and said you know this is it so, so here I am. So I've got quite a few notes here, but um, let's see how, how much we actually stick to it. Um, I think to, you know, to kind of really share with you, you know, my struggle and, and you know, the details of my journey, and I need to give you a bit, bit of context about me. Um, I, I grew up in the church. Um, I, I gave my life um, to the Lord uh, with my mom at age six. And, you know, I've really walked very intimately with God from a very young age. Um, when I was in high school, my parents left Westfall in, in Durban and moved up to Northern Natal um, to plant a church and to really minister into the Zulu community. So I kind of grew up, you know, in ministry, in church. Um, and I was blessed to have a very, um, you know, very kind of solid foundation in the gospel and, you know, what the gospel means. And I grew up knowing the gospel and knowing the power of the gospel. So I need to share a little bit with you about that gospel just to kind of set the foundation for the struggle that I found myself in. So I'm going to kind of take you through my, you know, just a, a little kind of sketch of the two Adams um, right back in the Garden of Eden. And then I'm going to kind of kind of draw for you where I found myself in terms of my struggle with my faith and my struggle physically. And then I'm going to get to the good part, which is the actual breakthrough and how God led me into a place of, of breakthrough. Okay, so I'm going to start with the two Adams, which is actually my favorite study in scripture. I'm sure most of you guys know about the two Adams. It's actually two Adams and two trees. Um, so we're going to go read in Genesis 2 and starting at verse 7. So the context here is, is creation in the Garden of Eden. So 2, Genesis 2 verse 7. The Lord God formed the man 
from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living being. Now the Lord God had planted a garden in the east, in Eden. And there he put the man he had formed. And the Lord God made all kinds of trees grow out of the ground. Trees that were pleasing to the eye and good for food. In the middle of the garden were the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Okay, then the story continues. Genesis 2.15 The Lord took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and to take care of it. And the Lord commanded the man, You are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat of it, you will surely die. Okay, so we know what happens next. Um, the serpent comes along and speaks to Eve and basically says to Eve that um, she wouldn't die if she ate the fruit, um, but that she would actually become like God. Um, she would become like God knowing good and evil. And so she decides to eat of the fruit and she gives some to Adam and Adam also eats. And in that moment, we have this crisis in humanity that happens because man falls away from God um, and there's kind of a separation that comes in. Um, C.S. Lewis describes this moment as man creating in himself a horrific creature which is ill-adapted to the universe, not because God made him so, but because he made himself so by the abuse of his free will. So, yeah, so it's, it's quite a thing that happened, you know, the eating from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil um, was more than just an act of disobedience. It actually represents choosing something other than God, and it's this idea of, it's an act of independence and the false idea that righteousness is something that can be attained outside of God. In other words, self-righteousness. And this is where the corrupted wisdom of the world comes from. Um, and actually, this morning, when I was kind of going through these notes, God actually also gave me another kind of picture of what happened at this moment in, in the Garden of Eden. It was actually a crisis um, of man not believing in the goodness of God. Because man actually decided that he needed something other than the tree of life. Yeah. And, and connection with God in order to be fulfilled and have all of his needs met. So it kind of links into what Caleb and Dave were sharing earlier about the goodness of God. You know, we, for the goodness of God in our lives, we only need the tree of life. We only need to access that tree and to access our relationship with God. And anything other than that is kind of choosing something else. So, um, so this was this was first Adam's choice. Okay, so Adam and Eve chose the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. They ate from that fruit. They chose something other than God, and from that choice, um, the con a condition of sin entered the world. And this condition of sin leads to death. So. Um, yeah, I think, you know, every, every human being then after Adam and after Eve, that we are all 
born into this condition of sin. And it's not necessarily through our own sin, although we do also sin, but it's actually through, through Adam's choice. Um, you can go and read about that in a lot of detail in Romans 5. It sets out very clearly the two Adams and the fact that we are born, humanity is born into first Adam, into a condition of sin which leads to death. So um, C.S. Lewis, and anybody who's struggling with um, kind of understanding pain and suffering as a Christian, I really recommend this book. It's called The Problem of Pain. And it just talks about, you know, I think a lot, a lot of times in our pain and our, and our suffering, we take a very narrow view of our situation. And we really actually, to, to really get through it, and to really see, we really need to see the big picture that suffering and, and pain didn't just start with us. This has been coming since Adam. And Adam's choice brought into the world the condition of sin, which leads to death. And that's where, where pain and sickness and suffering comes from. So it's really important to get a much bigger picture of what is happening in your life than just what's happening to you. Um, so, so C.S. Lewis, in this book, I'm just going to read a, a paragraph because he explains what happened in the fall quite, quite clearly. I'm going to read it from my notes, but it's in this, this book. So he says, he says here, sooner or later they fell. Someone or something whispered that they could become as gods, that they could cease directing their lives to their creator and taking all their delights as uncovenanted mercies, as accidents, which arose in the course of a life directed not to those delights, but to the adoration of God. As a young man wants a regular allowance, which he can count on as his own, within which he makes his own plans. So they desire to be on their own, to take care for their own future, to plan for pleasure and for security. They wanted, as we say, to call their souls their own. But that means to live a lie, for our souls are not in fact our own. They wanted some corner in the universe of which they could say to God, this is our business, not yours. But there is no such corner. So it's just such a, you know, he's got such a good way with words, C.S. Lewis, and he just kind of really puts it into perspective what happened um, with the fall of man. And yeah, I mean, why would you, you know, if you believe in the goodness of God, and you really believe that God wants to do you good, and that God is able and capable of, of fulfilling goodness in your life, why would you choose something else? You won't. So this moment, this fall, happened because Adam and Eve believed that they needed to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil in order to secure their future, that God wasn't enough. Okay, so now we're getting to the good part, because now we, we get to second Adam. So the Bible says that first Adam was a pattern of the one to come, second Adam. And second Adam we know is Christ. So second Adam is Jesus Christ who came to offer a way out of the condition of sin that leads to death. Jesus was a flawless sacrifice who took away the condition of sin, which entered the world through first Adam's choice. Jesus offers us the gift of righteousness, unlike self-righteousness which flows from the tree of
the knowledge of good and evil. Jesus provides a way out of first Adam's disobedience. Jesus says to us, throw away your corrupted wisdom, turn to me and you will receive everything you need for life and godliness. Not only this, you will be eternally re reunited with the Creator. And it's for free, but you have to choose me. So the entire human race, everybody, is either under the federal headship of first Adam or last Adam. These are the only two groups that, on the planet that God recognizes. In Adam's disobedience, all are given a condition of sin that leads to death, but in Jesus' obedience, all are brought into a condition of the free gift of righteousness and a supernatural life. So that's powerful, you know. Um, and the supernatural life that we, in, in second Adam, that we have access to. I want to tell you that it includes living a life free of disease. So it's supernatural, you know. It's, there's no place for sickness in the supernatural life in, in second heaven. Jesus paid a massive price on the cross. He bore all of our sin, all of our suffering, all of our sickness. So, you know, this is, this is good news. Um, and God doesn't need sickness or pain or suffering to show us what love is. There was no sickness, pain and suffering in the Garden of Eden before Adam's disobedience. All sickness came as a result of Adam's disobedience and the condition of death which resulted. So for those in second Adam, there's no place for sickness or disease. But I was in second Adam and I was very sick. So that's where the crisis comes in because people who believe in Christ and who believe in the supernatural life that he offers still suffer and still get sick yeah. so how do you now navigate that as, as a christian and if you can't do it for yourself then you definitely can't do it for someone else so it, it is a crisis that that comes in that we that we have to figure out and we have to process and and find a way through it in our faith so just to give you a bit more context um <coughs> I, what happened to me is that I, I found myself having a very broken brain. I um, really struggled with um, anxiety and with um, sleep and with mood and I really, really found myself in a place where I really couldn't function well. And I'm using that term broken brain on purpose because I've learned that, you know, you've got to be very careful what um you know what labels or authority you submit to um because you need to make sure that whatever you are believing or saying or thinking about yourself is in line with what god says about you um so broken brain is kind of a general term but you can kind of imagine some of the things that i that i struggled with um and it was really it's been a long journey because our first started really struggling in, in 2009 and you know we're now 2019 so it's not been something that's been you know quick or that i've come to these kind of 
you know, that I can talk in this way. It's not something that kind of happened over a year. It's, it's been a long journey. Um, and after the broken brain issues, I then also discovered that I had an autoimmune condition in my body. And, you know, autoimmunity is basically where your, your own body, your own immune system is attacking your body tissues, leading to, to destruction. So that's, you know, that's a very clear first Adam problem. Um, I also got TB in, in 2013, and it was quite a severe case, and no one could understand, you know, how did I manage to pick up TB, because TB is everywhere, but not everybody is getting TB. So what was going on in my body and in my immune system that I was kind of so susceptible to these kind of infections. And um, the TB was, was quite severe, and I was in hospital uh, for about two weeks, and the pulmonologist that I was working with told me that after he looked at the x-rays, had a massive cavity in my right lung, which is where the TB bacteria basically eaten away at the lung tissue. And um, he kind of said, look, you know, you've got to go on the treatment, and then afterwards we're going to kind of see what's, what's happening and you might need surgery to remove the infected area and to kind of sew up the hole in your lung. So I was like, okay. Um, but you know, it's, so these are the kind of, these are real kind of, you know, problems that, you know, are very much rooted in the fall from God. But I was, I believed in God and I was, you know, wanting the supernatural life. But Yet I was coming up with, you know, these issues, and the enemy was like coming hard against me, um, and it seemed like on the scoreboard, you know, he was he was doing pretty well. So, you know, it's it's been a long journey, and in the confusion and pain, I have made some mistakes with the way that I tried to, you know, to approach my problem. But what I want to share with you is, is now is, is how the breakthrough came. Um, and there's three areas that I want to talk on. So the one is prophecy. There's actually a few more. Prophecy, seeking the Lord, promises, process, and then worship. So just under prophecy. So basically about the end of, of 2016, Earl and I got married. Also, you know, through all this drama. It's amazing how God works, you know. Some good things come. Um, and there's also, you know, there's also kind of, it was kind of like, you know, there was a lot going on, but you also carry on. I mean, I was working full-time throughout. I mean, I had times when I was off on sick leave, but, you know, God also sustained me, and through that kind of confusion, there was a lot of provision and a lot of His blessing in my life. Um, Earl and I got married in 2015 and about the end of 2016 I kind of found myself in a place where I had really exhausted my options in terms of you know where I was at um, I was kind of in a place of, of pure desperation and I was I was not only struggling with the broken brain but I was also really struggling with pain in my body um, re real kind of you know, severe pain where you're kind of lying on ice packs on the floor and, you know, you just, I mean, I was, I was working, but I was kind of coming home from work and getting into bed and then, 
going to work again, just trying to, you know, get by. And I was really saying to God, you know, what is this supernatural life that you're talking about? Because this is not supernatural. You know, I'm, I'm broken and I don't actually know if I want to carry on at all. Um, so I was, I was in church and I went up for, for prayer and um, somebody, a complete stranger, prophesied over me, over what he saw God was doing in my life. Um, and he gave me this word where he said he saw this cathedral, like imagine like a cathedral in Europe, um, that was very dilapidated and in, in major need of major renovation and major repair. And he said he saw like a lot of scaffolding and things covering over the cathedral so you couldn't actually see what it was. Um, and there was a big sign that said under construction. And he said that he saw that the Lord was doing a major work of restoration and rebuilding underneath the scaffolding, which at the right time would be re revealed as an astonishing masterpiece reinvigorated by the very hand of God. Isn't that amazing? Um, so, you know, that was kind of in 2016, and at that time, I didn't really fully appreciate the significance of that word. But it did become, you know, in the journey to now, it really became this powerful weapon um, that I used to fight because I was entering into a major, major warfare. And, um, you know, that word really prepared me and recalibrated my heart and mind for what God was doing and what he was leading me into. So, you know, the prophetic is powerful. Um, you know, this church is, is very big on the prophetic and I want to tell you that you need a word from God about your circumstances. And you need to know what God is saying about what's happening. You can't, you can't survive without that. And the word often comes, you know, in the beginning. And then you get led into something. And you think back on that word. So if you've got prophetic words, you need to write them down. And you need to know what they are. And you need to revisit them and really get them burned into your heart. Because that is really something that you're going to use. So after that word, um, my problem didn't, didn't go away. Um, it actually got it actually got worse, and you know I was really struggling with with what with what to do. Um, I think I didn't fully you know we often get words and then we kind of think about them in, in the way that we want to understand them. And I mean now when I when I think back on that word, you know there's actually no part of being under construction that is easy. You know under construction renovation. I mean, just think about renovating your house. You know, it's inconvenient. It's a mess. It's like you've got to move out to another place sometimes. You know, you, renovation is not something that's just, okay, cool, you're renovating. And God was really leading me in, into this journey of, of physical renovation in my body. And that was something that I wasn't fully prepared for. Um, but I had the word. So that kind of helped me. Um, but 
yeah, so I, I kind of was still struggling, even though I had that word. And, you know, I'd, I'd been to a lot of, um, I, in terms of the world's way of solving for these kind of problems, I obviously investigated those solutions. So I, I did go to doctors, I went to alternative practitioners, and I had a lot of information, but I wasn't really, I obviously did some of my own reading, my own research, and I wasn't really uh, making progress. So I did get to a point, and I'm kind of looking back, you know, I, it's interesting to me that this point came, bef came after seeking out all of the other um, advice. And I hope that maybe me sharing this can encourage you guys to go to God first, and to really get very specific with God with your questions. To really ask Him, um, you know, God, what are you saying about this situation? And what is your solution for this situation? Um, and I did that. And, and, you know, it was amazing because I really, I actually asked God, I said, God, you know, I know that the human body is a composite whole. And I've got problems in my brain I've got problems, you know, in my, the rest of my body. I've got problems with this autoimmune thing. But you made the body as this whole composite body. So there must be something that's causing all of these things. Because, you know, if you go down the medical road, you get, end up with all these different specialists that are kind of focusing on different organs. So you go to a psychiatrist, to an endocrinologist, to a rheumatologist, and they're all looking at their specific parts. But I just said to God, and I, and I had done that, but I said, look, I really want you to show me what is the root cause of all of these things. Because I know that my body is working as a composite whole. So he did. He showed me. Um, and he said to me that, you know, he, he showed me exactly what, what the root cause was, and um, with that came a promise. And, you know, that's the interesting thing here, is that when we get real with God and we start asking Him um, brilliant questions, and I learned this from Grant Cook. Yes. Grant Cook teaches that when you've got a big problem in your life, you need to go to God and you need to start doing business with God and asking God questions and you need to ask brilliant questions. And some of the brilliant questions to ask God is, um, God, who do you want to be for me in this situation that I'm going through? And that's a very powerful question to ask. Um, the, other, the other powerful question that I asked is, Lord, how do you, how do you see the situation that I'm facing? And then, what are you saying about the situation? So, in that moment, um, God gave me a promise. And it was from Psalm 16. I'm just going to read it to you. Psalm 16, I'm going to read from verse 5. It says, Lord, you have assigned me my portion and my cup. You have made my lot secure. The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Surely I have a delightful inheritance. 
I will praise the Lord who counsels me, even at night, my heart instructs me. I have set the Lord always before me. Because he is at my right hand, I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body will also rest secure. Because you will not abandon me to the grave, nor will you let your Holy One see decay. So, what stood out for me in that verse was God's promise to me that He would not let me, His Holy One, see decay. So, I had that promise, and, and the promise was, was very, very powerful to me. Um, and, you know, I still, I still had a problem, and I still needed to kind of make progress with my problem. And at that point, I actually, I had the promise about not seeing decay, and I, and I, but I went to um, see a specialist about my autoimmune problem. And the specialist looked, because the, the autoimmune problem was specifically to do with my thyroid gland. So he looked at my thyroid gland under an ultrasound machine and he said that the damage and decay that he saw was so significant that he predicted that within six months that gland would stop working completely. Um, but I had already had the promise about not seeing decay. So I had to make a choice yeah. at that point. You know, what am I going to listen to here? You know, because, and that's the thing in life, you know, we, there's so much information and there's a lot of people's opinions and people's views and predictions about what our future holds. But that's the thing, in, in Second Adam, we get to apply the Word of God and the promises of God. And we apply it to our lives and we, and we say, well, thanks very much. That's your opinion. Um, but I actually am going to take a different path here. So I had to make that decision and I had to say to myself, um, I wasn't so confident in the, in the actual consulting room, but I did decide that, look, I wasn't actually going to go down that road with that specific physician um, because it wasn't consistent with the word of God over my life. So, yeah, promises are, are very, very powerful. And, you know, promises are for every believer. Yeah. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of Christians who don't have promises, and that's, you know, that's actually not consistent with the Word of God. And we, we need to do business with God and understand what are the specific promises that He has for our lives, for specific issues. Yeah. And Romans um, 8 verse 28 is a general promise, which basically says that God works everything to our good, but we need to get more specific than that. What are the specific areas that God is working for good in your life yeah. and what are the specific words um, and I promise you that asking those questions those grand cook questions you will get very specific promises for your situations yeah. but I just want to read to you a bit more about promises in 2 Peter 2 Peter 1 verse 3 So 2 Peter 1 verse 3 says, His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. Through these, in other words, through His glory and goodness, 
He has given us his very great and precious promises so that through them, through the promises, you may participate in the divine nature and escape the corruption in the world. So promises are what enables us to participate in the divine. And promises enable us to escape the corrupted wisdom that comes from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And they firmly press us in to the tree of life. So we need promises, people. You know, I speak to a lot of Christians and they don't know what their promises are. So I really want to encourage you to really speak to God and write down what He's promising. Because promises are not just a dream. A promise is a guarantee. You know, I'm a lawyer. A promise is a contractually enforceable guarantee for fulfillment. So we need that. You know, we need that. That, that is, that's one of the keys to walking and living out the kingdom of God on earth, is knowing what he's saying to you. And then also powerful with promises is to remind ourselves of the promises that God has already fulfilled in our lives when we're going through difficulties. Um, you know, the power of testimony and the power of a fulfilled promise is, is encouragement to our hearts. You know, the hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a fulfilled promise is the tree of life. So we're going back again to the tree of life. We need to just, you know, revisit things that where God has really come through for us. So in, in 2013, I had that cavity in my lung. Um, and, you know, the, doc, the pulmonologist said that, you know, I probably need another surgery to fix it. And I went on to TB treatments and I had a follow-up x-ray within two months and it was completely gone. Wow. So, you know, that was in 2013. So now I was in 2016, you know, facing problems. And, you know, I, I reminded myself and I reminded God of that testimony. And I knew that if God had intervened in my life then, that he wouldn't not do it now. Why would he, you know, why would he do that? So it's very powerful to have a record with God of things where he has come through for you and to be able to recall and apply those things. Okay, so now I, I had the prophecy about the restoration and I had the promise about not seeing decay. But I was still, I was still struggling. Um, and, you know, I had prayed for healing. I mean, I believe in, I believe in signs and wonders. And I believe in the power of God to bring instant healing and instant solutions. And I, I had sought out prayer from people who were gifted in the ministry of healing Although I think all of us are, are, are mandated to heal, but some people carry a specific weight in that area. And I did um, seek that out, but I didn't get an instant healing. And, um, you know, I think sometimes when we are in Second Adam, we kind of can become entitled to instant solutions. And that's amazing when God does that. And, I, and I'm... You know, I'm for it. And I believe that 
we are entering into a time where God is going to bring quite phenomenal um, healing and, and the glory is, is, is I can feel it, it's, it's weighty. And God is looking for people who <coughs> are able to administrate His glory. Um, and that, you know, requires that we are mature and ready for it. Um, and God doesn't need sickness to get us to that point. But we, He will use whatever is available. And in my case, um, you know, I've, I have kind of got to a point where I really truly believe that God's goodness for me and His best for me has been a progressive healing journey. And I'm not saying that's for everybody. And I do believe that we have access to phenomenal miracles. But in my case, um, I've had the privilege to walk out an incredible healing process with God. And, you know, He's really taught me um, so much in terms of how to heal my own body and how to heal my brain. Um, and I, some of, you know, some of what I've learned will be the most important discoveries of my life. Um, and that's, that's powerful. Um, and so, you know, I stand before you today to honestly say that, you know, in my case, it hasn't been an instant, you know, recovery. But, but I've, I've, God has provided for everything that I've needed. And, you know, I've learned some amazing things. I've learned about how the brain and the digestive system, you know, medical science is starting to recognize that those are one organ because of the way that the brain is connected to the digestive system. They're recognizing that that's actually the same organ, the brain and the gut. So, you know, I've learned about how to heal my brain by restoring my digestive system. And, you know, it's just been such a privilege, actually, to, to have God partner with me in actually bringing the healing to my body. Um, and I really believe that we're living in a time when God is releasing heaven's wisdom to steward and maintain health. Because we are in a, we are in a time where we need to be vigilant about protecting our health. It's not just like it just happens. We need to understand what we need to do to preserve and protect health. And God is looking for people that are going to be on the earth for a very long time because there's a lot of work for us to do. And, you know, God wants us to be strong. He wants us to be well rested. He wants us to be fully equipped in our bodies to carry what he is administrating on the earth. So, yeah, so I mean, some of the things I learned, so about the gut and the brain, I've learned how to redevelop a strong immune system, how to replenish cellular hydration, how to rebalance thyroid hormones, how to restore nutritional deficiencies, rebuild organs and glands, how to reduce infections and, and overgrowth of pathogens, and how to remove heavy metals and other environmental poisons from our body. 
So it's been hard, hey? It hasn't been easy. You've got stuff. I had, I had, I've had environmental poisons and metals in my brain that God has equipped me with the knowledge to actually walk a process of actually removing that stuff. Um, and I am completely blown away by what I've learned. It's changed my whole life. So, you know, I'm, I'm grateful for, for that. And you know, it's, it's been such a kind of kind journey that God's taken me on because there's been a lot of areas in my life which didn't make sense. And there's been a lot of kind of disappointment and brokenness. And through this process, I've learned how to have, that, that in, the, in the times where I've been frustrated and, and locked into self-loathing, I've actually learned self-compassion. But I didn't, I didn't do all of this on my own. You know, it's not like God kind of supernaturally downloaded like a manual and I just kind of went for it. You know, I walked out a, a very um, tricky road where I had to find support and help from practitioners and people with knowledge. But they had to be, the advice that they were dishing out had to be consistent with the word of God over my life. And that wasn't easy to find because I had a word that said that, that he would not let his Holy One see decay and that I would be 100% restored and healed in line with my inheritance in Second Adam. And, yeah, in Second Adam. So, yeah, it's not that easy to find that kind of advice in the world. You know, because the, world, the world's advice is corrupted wisdom. It's from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And um, I, I had to really dig deep and really work with God to find the right uh, support. And I had to reject, like the physician who looked at my thyroid, I had to reject many offers of inferior information. So um, I'm still on the journey, and but I'm convinced that I will be fully restored. And I'm tracking my situation with, with blood results and with other tests. And you know, I'm looking forward to being able to report back to you that those things are lining up. But in this place of this journey, um, I'm actually full of joy, you know? Because I have been able to partner with the Creator in a fascinating way that's really blown my mind. And it's been a beautiful process. And it's been hard, you know? It's, I, I wanna make sure that you guys understand that it's been, there's been times where it's been excruciatingly painful. And you can ask Earl, he'll give you a proper, a proper, um, you know, proper feedback. And you can, you can speak to my family as well. There have been times where I've really begged to have another way. And I've really wanted a different solution. Um, and there have been setbacks. And there have been a lot of challenges. Um, and a lot of rough, rough patches. And this is quite personal, and I'm a little bit ashamed of this, but I have had a time where I was really, really struggling, and I said to God that I felt that what he was asking of me was unfair, because when Jesus was crucified and he hung on the cross, 
he did endure excruciating torment, but it was only for three days. And I felt like he was asking me to walk out, you know, a much longer period of tor tormenting pain and, and struggle. And I said that to God. Um, and, you know, the Holy Spirit is amazing. He comes, when you ask questions like that and when you start getting real with God, He will really meet you where you're at. And the answer that came was just phenomenal because He said to me, He said, but the difference is I've never left you. And when Jesus was hanging on the cross, the Father turned His back on Jesus in that moment. And that is the difference between what we have to walk out and what God, what Jesus endured. In our struggles and in our pain and our difficulties, He never ever leaves us. We've got access to the kingdom of heaven that is fighting for us. And, you know, that's all we need. So, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's a very big difference. And, um, you know, I, we have to get to a place, we have to find tools in our, in our walk with God that really connects us to who He is in our lives. And one of the most powerful tools is worship. You know, worship is, is amazing. And, you know, the secular world and... You know, what's happening in the medical space is very, very interesting because there's a lot of kind of emphasis on meditation and, you know, finding ways to access our spirituality. And we as Christians need to be aware that a lot of the stuff that's being now kind of positioned as like the next best thing is rooted in God and it's God's idea. And we, we are created beings and we were made to adore the Creator. And when we do that, there's actually a physical process that happens in our brains. Um, we are actually building new neural pathways of safety, trust, and strength by connecting to the Creator and aligning with our ultimate purpose, which is to adore Him. And as we do that, balance is restored to our body's chemistry, and the body is able to heal and cease self-destruction. So it's powerful, you know, worship is powerful. And um, science has actually got a term for this. Um, it's called psychoneuroimmunology. And you can go and read about it. Um, psychoneuroimmunology. But Google it and you'll, and you'll read. You know, they, they talk about it more in the line of, you know, connecting with loved ones and connecting with your, your spirituality and how that connection how that influences your immune system in a very physical way. But my point today is just about worship and, you know, it's a health-giving practice. And participating in worship, especially in corporate worship, you know, here on a Sunday morning, you know, you are doing business with God. You are changing your brain. It's not just singing songs. You're actually rewiring your neural pathways in line with your original design. And that's powerful. Okay, so that's it, guys. Um, but I want to conclude, um, and I really want to, I really want to encourage you just to, you know, if you're facing some kind of health challenge, I really want you to know that in Christ, 
your healing has been provided for. 100%. So it's not negotiable. It's not like a maybe. Your healing is, is 100% provided for. Christ made provision for it on the cross. And I, I love the glory and I believe that God is really, in this moment and in this time, we are going to see miraculous healings. Um, but if God is asking you to walk out a process, please, just remember Bill Johnson's words. He says, delayed answers are gaining interest. So know that. And know that if your process is long, it's because there's something in there for you. And there's something God wants to show you. That you will be so, you will look back on your journey and you'll say, God, if you had offered me instant healing, I wouldn't have taken it. Because this is my path. And this is what you've shown me. It's just so beautiful. So, I, I want to encourage you with that. Um, and, yeah, also, you know, Understanding the two Adams and understanding the gospel is, is really powerful and there's power in that. Yeah. Um, and there's power for every, every issue. And this is not just about health. You know, this, is, this can be applied to whatever you're facing. Yeah. Um, but, you know, press into God and get your promises, you know, and get a prophetic word and worship. You know, th those things, you know, I, I've spent a lot of time, resources and energy energy um, seeking out the best medical care and the best best um, you know answers for my situation and this is where I've landed and this stuff I'm telling you is very very powerful and it's way more powerful than any solutions you're going to find from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil yeah yeah, yeah.